Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like. Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks! Villa have scored. And that is why we love it. <laughs> Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count. And Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics. That's what Absolutely. I like to see. And that is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram. He's the ultimate feed of me. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Under the Floodlights, and what a weekend it was for Rockstar refs. As City get a penalty, Liverpool get a penalty, Manchester United get a penalty, Leeds get a penalty, Leicester get a penalty, Chelsea get two penalties. Royal Jimenez gets sent off bizarrely, and on Sunday afternoon, everyone learned what a Michael Massey is as Max Verstappen wins the F1 World Championship, helping to distract everyone from Super League conquerors West Ham failing to beat Burnley. With me, as always, is Chris Ringland. Chris, how are we? Immediate pushback uh, (laughs) on that. Uh, We also should have had a penalty. Don't know whether you you saw this. Um, Craig Dawson was booted in the air to the ground. I did see Craig Dawson go over, and I was like, that's a man who doesn't know how to fall because uh, no, <laughs> he's never in that position so he was never getting that no it is but as well I actually didn't really realize how hench Dawson was before that moment as well yeah okay. he's got big arms but um <laughs> yeah I mean stonewall penalty so we should have won yeah you're not getting out of turf more but uh, but to be fair and regardless when I look at the Premier League table it says we're fourth so it's it's fine <laughs> Super League Conquerors can't do the turf more yeah. what do you want yeah. uh, but yeah f- first game we'll go on to uh, just the three penalties in this one was uh, Chelsea at home the Leeds United uh, T- tough game so it was this uh, Mason Mount and Tony Rudiger really dragging Chelsea through it here yeah um, I mean my highlight of the game was when um, the, the young guy Gelhart scored and then there was some chap he was a Leeds fan who fell about three floors down <laughs> onto the big net thing. Don't know if you saw that. Oh, absolutely. No, the, the Leeds bench at the weekend was a crash. On <laughs> one of the channel I watched on there showing photos of each of the lads and it was it was a young bunch. <laughs> I, I have to say as well, Antonio Rudiger, Bailey. Mm. Like, like, come on now. Like, what was that nonsense at the end? So, that was part of respect campaign i'm big on respect on this podcast <laughs> uh, junior furpo uh, lost respect uh he also at one junior stage furpo during, didn't react no no furpo at one stage during the game got pushed by mason mount ran around his own goalkeeper and then fell over which is bizarre <laughs> and then towards the end as chelsea are trying to see out a 3-2 game that has got away from them a couple of times they're throwing it into the corner down that area and furpo decides to start chirping champions league winner kai havertz <laughs> And Tony Rudiger goes, well, Havertz isn't going to stand up for himself here. I have to get involved. Loved it. But what I loved even more was Romelu Lukaku going, Tony, wise up here? I'm just laughing in his face as he drags him away from it. It was so unnecessary for him to get involved from the position he was in. I find Chelsea just get into this a lot. Just a lot of unnecessary no, 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 handbags. No. Antonio Rudiger does. No, I think the rest of the team do, but Rudiger just takes it a step too far. <laughs> Every single time. So he does, but he's 
apparently the the wage demands of Tony Rudiger at the moment are four hundred thousand yeah. pounds a week. I heard that. Yeah. I mean, the guys. The, <laughs> I think you're saying on the pitch why he believes he deserves that. I mean, that. I mean that. That's that's like. Like that that's getting to the stage where the only sort of people who are paid more than that are like Neymar, Messi and yep. players who still play in the Chinese Super League if that's still going. I, I think fair play to him if he wants to find a club that can pay him that per week work away fella. <laughs> I, I, I would suggest that it is probably in the Middle East or East Asia, if that yeah. is the case. You're not finding a serious European football club that are gonna pay you that every week, fella. No. Not for a centre back. Uh, but the way this game went, so initially uh, Leeds got a penalty from a uh, Marcus Lonzo slide tackle in the box. Oh, moron! <laughs> Forgot about that. Larry, yeah. I will, I will give Ben Chilwell my ACL. Whatever he needs, <laughs> just take it because I cannot deal with this anymore. But that, but let's be honest, he's he's good going forward. No, but he isn't. He's fuck <laughs> Bailey. Come on, the guy kills me going forward. Oh, ba- Bailey, like. Like I, I, like he does my head in as well, but I, I can at least acknowledge that. I've I've not seen it out of him enough lately going forward to make what he does at the other end you, worthwhile. It's just it's it just won the Premier League and the Champions League with his. But I know, I, know, I, I need I need that changed. <laughs> uh, midweek they tried Sile at left wing back. He was even more. Useful. They tried him at left wing back. Yeah, I don't know why. Surely they didn't. Yeah, because we're just trying to find anywhere for him. He's going to get a running goal next. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was, but yeah, Rafinha slotted home pretty coolly. Uh, celebration lacked a bit of respect. He's another guy. Why? But, because he celebrated initially, the entire team came around to him and hugged him, and then he started dancing in front of the, uh, the Chelsea end. So, it wasn't all about, about that. Learn respect. 28 minutes in, fell long <laughs> game to go. And then. Uh, Mason Mount gets a goal after some weird positioning from Elon Melier for the goal. I don't know if you've seen Chris. He leaves half of the goal wide open. Yeah, well, I mean, I think in general, a lot of people have said that he's probably one of becoming one of the best younger goalkeepers in the world um, this season. I don't know whether you. I've heard this propaganda and I don't understand that. I don't know what he's doing better this season. Well, he last, he looks the same as me. Well, I mean, that's what I think about uh, Sanchez, the Brighton goalkeeper, who all of a sudden is one of the three best goalkeepers <laughs> in the world. But I, I think, to be fair to him, he's become more more consistent, really. But um, but yeah, it's yeah, it, it was yeah. strange. I felt stream position in there, and then Chelsea go two two one up. Uh, with the Jorginho penalty after uh, Antonio Rudiger gets hacked down in the penalty area by yeah, Rafinha. Yeah. Real forwards challenge this. <laughs> just two legs split wide open. Just not a clue of what I to th- do with either of them. I mean, I mean, not to tarnish Rafinha's name. I think it was Klitsch who did that, but yes. Klitsch was the second one. Oh, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you have to remember, because three penalties in this game, there's a sorry. lot to analyse. Yeah. So yeah, Rafinha just didn't know how to tackle. Uh, gave away a free one to Rudiger, who was looking at it anyway. And then oh, later well, on the of game, he was. later on the game, Rudiger looking at it again, uh, also wanting his four hundred grand a week contract, <laughs> finds himself in the box, and Klitsch just gives him a boot. Yeah, which I found strange that they brought on Klitsch, and I don't think I saw him complete a pass. The only things I saw him do were chop Hudson Odoi down on the halfway line and give Antonio Rudiger a boot. It was a zero out of ten from him. To, to be fair to Klitsch, uh, I saw a really wholesome uh, post on Lucas Fabianski's Instagram recently, which featured right. uh, him and uh, Mateusz Klick and Jan Benrek, who are the three, well, bar Matty Cash, 
the uh, the three Poland internationals who play in the Premier League, <laughs> and they were they, they were all out with their sons. It was all very wholesome. Very nice. Just if he's teaching his son how to play football, just teach him how to tackle. <laughs> <laughs> Moron. So uh, Jorginho slots away two of them. Yes, Jorginho, who, who apparently, according to Tuchel, he's been through a lot. Apparently, he's got back pain. He's not the same yeah, guy. Well, he's having yeah. to carry midfield with Ruben Loftus Cheek, who also, I'm not sure if it's he doesn't know how to tackle or he just can't be bothered. He's yeah, a real strange player to me. Yeah, when he's off to Taiwan or whatever, wherever some that is, some stage in February. 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 Now it's been moved back. Well, it's always a Christmas, is it not? Yeah, it is, but there's a pandemic going on right now. So let's oh, right, because there won't be a pandemic in February. No, absolutely not. Right, <laughs> after after the African Cup of Nations as well. Well, sure, there isn't one now, if you listen to Latesse. <laughs> uh, so, so, sorry, where is it? Um, the Arab Emirates or something? Where? Yeah, I believe it's going to be in Abu Dhabi in February. It's, it's always the Arab Emirates, isn't it? It's never... Like, what? Again, no pandemic out there. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And then a few things picked up after the game were BBC pundits, uh, Martin Keown, who disapproved of Antonio Rudiger's fighting like <laughs> yes, you it, did, Chris. I did notice that, yeah. Bizarre behaviour. Um, but my favourite one was Garth Crooks. Uh, he put Jorginho in his team of the week, uh, mentioned his penalty scoring record and said, Chelsea haven't had a consistent penalty taker since Frank Lampard. What? Now, I'm not sure if Garth realises that Chelsea did have a certain Eden Hazard on the books for 10 years, but... Uh- <laughs> Easy one to forget. I also don't know whether you've heard as well over the weekend, Billy, there were some rumours about Eden Hazard and West Ham. West Ham with one of the most disrespectful bids in the history of football, 25 million. I don't know, I don't know if he'd start. <laughs> I, 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 I don't I, think he would. I honestly don't think he'd start. <laughs> well, he's looking, he'd have to look ahead of him going Ben Rama was 50 million, so he's twice the player I am. He, he's honestly looking at it going, I'm fighting with Nikola Vlasic and Yarmolenko for a bench spot. <laughs> <laughs> Who's injured for West Ham right now? I could sit in the physio's room with. The, 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 like literally no one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then on another game that was uh, decided by a penalty, uh, Stephen Gerrard <laughs> took his Aston Villa team up the Anfield. I uh, yeah I know. Tyrone Ming's got a lot of beef about that penalty, and I I thought it was a bit harsh to be honest. I, I think. Salah just kind of went into him, but I yeah I felt it was sort of like hip on hip this one, yeah. but I actually thought in the game Liverpool could have had two other penalties. There was a there was a kind of tug back on Mane I, at one point. Yeah, I because I, 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 I did watch all this, but I'm, there's so many penalties. I'm trying to remember what was in what mm-hmm. what was in what match. There was a tug back on Mane on the shoulder that I was stunned wasn't given, and then there was a very similar one again later on with Andy Robertson. And oh yes, yeah. And yeah, in yeah. my head, that's where I think the refs then bottled it because he's not given those two decisions. Yeah, a third's then come up and he's gone. I can't not give them three in one game. Yeah, um, I th- I, th- I thought two, well two things about so there was there was obviously the optics of of Gerard coming mm. back to for the first time. I think they gave him a wee. Did they give me a round of applause or something? They did uh, indeed, you know. And then, and then Klopp was basically like, "Oh yeah, well, he might, he might, he might be the next manager of Liverpool." <laughs> in the in the interview, um, to which uh, the Athletic then responded by saying, "Apparently, under the radar, um, Klopp's number two is probably going to be the next Liverpool manager. Um, it's kind of Lipers or something." Um, well, I imagine Jurgen's very relaxed about the entire thing. It's very similar, like whenever Fergie left United, of whoever comes in after me has a hell of a job on their hands. Meanwhile, I'll be on a beach somewhere. Uh, 
Jurgen doesn't care less how Steven Gerrard would do at Liverpool. He's just like, yeah, Champions League, Premier League, laughing. But yeah, it's just one of those games that a Champions kind of winning side has to win. Liverpool gets through it. <laughs> one interesting player I saw on the pitch again was Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain back in the picture. Yeah. It just shows you how far the depth chart Jurgen's having to go right now. Yeah, he, he was like false nine, wasn't he? he was like, yeah, bizarre. He's just being told, you're playing wherever. <laughs> yeah. At some stage, he's another one. He'll go run at centre-back if they need. Yeah. Just earn your wage somehow. Uh, and then on to probably the biggest rock star ref performance of the weekend in the City Wolves game, Chris. Oh, th- th- this, was, this was glorious. This was great. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, f- first of all, um, absolutely not a foul. Or a yellow card. Not a foul, not a yellow card. I'm what, so won, glad you won said the ball. That. Won the ball 100%. I am so glad you said that. It was such an Eddie Had refing performance. Yeah, it's just John Moss being like, how can I give a bit of advantage to Rodri, who's gunning the mirror right now? And then Rodri, as if he's not hench. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. Second, second point on that, this brought back great memories of other similar types of uh, red cards in Premier League history. Don't know you remember. Uh, both actually featured West Brom. Uh, okay. One against and one four. Do you remember when Cesc Fabregas chucked the ball at Chris Brunt, the Northern Ireland legend? <laughs> that was a great pinpoint accuracy from Cesc on the day. Uh, 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 Chris Brunt was uh, knocked in the face by Fabregas. Just mind his own business. Yeah. Uh, and the, the second was uh, West Ham, West Brom. Uh, when Yusuf Malumbu, don't know if you remember him, Billy. Throwback. He uh, absolutely booted the ball at, I think it was James Tomkins' arse, maybe, and got <laughs> got sent off. Uh, well, that's my thing. This is my thing about watching Jimenez get sent off here because this happens so often, and I agree with you. That first file, if you can call it that, shouldn't have been a yellow. Yeah. But then to book a player for standing in front of the free kick and time wasting getting in the way and stuff I, it was, it was such a par like yeah. you just loved it yeah if we're booking that you're booking a guy every game yeah what happens we'll talk later about it but in the Everton Crystal Palace game this happened and Palace go and score a goal yeah the, the, the rest were a joke this weekend it was just a way for John Moss to be like how can I help Man City out here they're struggling a bit <laughs> this let's get them going and then there was a dodgy decision later on of the penalty that Yes, the arm was so high in the air and uh, that, very <laughs> unnatural. But I thought it was a pit. Uh, no, Billy, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but your armpit is not your arm. Yeah, I thought this was the entire part of the rule that if it's like your your shirt, if it's your club top and it hits any part of that, it's not a penalty. But, but Billy, they had the replays, and yeah, and, and they right thought that, they thought that, oh, that's his arm. What I mean, what what do what do we want? Like honestly, a strange. Uh, I do think though, City. There was probably another incident where Max Kilman was involved dragging someone down. Yes. Uh, well, he, well, he he almost kind of handballed it. I did want to bring him up though that how absolutely Rolls Royce he looks. He is you, becoming you such a good defender. It is ridiculous. Just one way he's using, he's waiting to use Wolves. It's like a stepping stone club. He's waiting for that big money. Well, well, well as we outlined on a previous podcast, he made this ridiculous jump from England futsal and like the sixth tier of English football straight to Wolves and is now 
Um, apparently, he's uh, because Tyrone Mings is the only player who is a left-footed defender. Mm. Uh, uh, apparently, he is very much on Gareth Southgate's radar. On the plane. Uh, because Will's play in a back three as well, and he's been absolutely class this season. To be fair, the Will's the past two games, they've played City and Liverpool, and lost late to Liverpool, but shut them out for most of it, keeping them pretty quiet. And yeah. they kept City quiet, especially with 10 men in the second half. Yeah. Going forward, there's a bit of an issue. I think they're a very stale side. Well, well, still, the, like, where's well, the identity going forward? Who's the guy that's going to get this team? Well, the, the, they, played, uh, they played Moutinho and Dan Donker, so they, they, they were already accepting they were not going to have... Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, just like hoofball up the Adama. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also in this game, Bailey, Raheem Sterling joined the 100 club. Bizarre for me, the reaction to Raheem joining the 100 club. Just Bizarre? Because... Yeah, it's one of those things with City. I just don't find any emotion behind it. Like, I didn't care. But it was just like, normally whenever a player scores 100, like, whenever Salah did it a little weeks ago, Manny did it, whatever. Oh, it was maybe like four yeah, weeks celebrating that? Yeah, but it was like, oh, that was a pretty good achievement. You know, well done with those guys. Sooner Raheem done it, it was like, yeah, I expect a Man City player to score 100. It, it didn't affect me in any way. I didn't have a, a, an emotional reaction. No, he is. Uh, so he's currently joined then with... Latis, who uh, is thirty, is thirty first on the list um, with bang on a hundred. Um, Latis is going to get scored off that soon enough. <laughs> um, no, uh, I'm just saying as well. It's quite interesting when you do it by like kind of games per goal. Like it, it kind of changes the order a little bit. You know, of the hundred club. Yeah, because um, you'll have players like Giggsy who played a thousand times. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so, so Giggs is like bottom uh, when you when you do it that way, um, and uh, Henri is. Is first, but Mo Salah is fourth on that list, and uh, Jamie Vardy also sneaks into the top ten of that. Also, a good weekend for Raheem today. He was announced on the Sports Personality of the Year shortlist. I I saw that uh, Max Verstappen was on the the World One before yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Let, 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 sure. let, let, let's let's nip that in the bud. Can't <laughs> can be putting people on like b- before the event. To be, be fair, Novak Djokovic is on it. I'm sure we all know his stance on it. Novak Djokovic is on it. For what? <laughs> what did he do in 2021? Uh, probably started a new COVID variant. <laughs> did he win Wimbledon? I don't know what he did, Chris. <laughs> who, who won Wimbledon this year? Was it Djokovic? Must have been. <laughs> yeah okay i can confirm it was it was Djokovic. yeah okay well i love this podcast just turned into f1 plus <laughs> podcast did he, um, no, but he, he got like it was so funny he got smacked in the olympics though because that was the only thing that he doesn't have on fetter was um <laughs> the like the kind of all five um and he got smacked by some like mid-tier guy in the olympics and he was throwing his racket around though i can't wait for the the, the tennis aficionados who listen to this podcast <laughs> for some of this that, that, that event he did that that time you know like right at the start of covid when they were like where, where he had the top off sweating it out and, <laughs> like and, and they, they literally all got covid i mean one of the stupidest <laughs> things i've ever seen <laughs> well we'll talk about another guy who's done one of the stupidest things i've ever seen chris prm herc uh, no, no, the, another disciplinary breach. Now, the only thing I'll say about Pierre is that I think, from my understanding, he goes to either Gabon or France or whatever it is because of his ill family or something. Yeah, but but like you know, travel is quite difficult at the minute um, yeah, it's because like of COVID. So 
if you are the captain, you kind of have to follow the, the, the vibes, you know. I think I saw a photo of him on Saturday, either Friday or Saturday as well on Instagram getting a tattoo. What? Yeah, there was a photo of like his tattoo artist put up, which I think was ill-advised. Oh, it's done. Like his arm out and, You know, the tattoo pen right on his arm. It was like, what is this guy doing? You're Arsenal captain. Yeah. Tough scene. But Arsenal go out uh, 3-0 winners against Southampton. Uh, Arsenal score, first goal, Lagazette. Another sort of perfect goal. I feel Arsenal get one of these every season. Under oh, they, uh, that, that was a great goal. Yeah, one of these where it like starts goal. right at the back, you yeah. know, Ramsdale's involved, goes down the right-hand side, yeah. and Southampton just kill themselves with the amount they press it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and yeah, they did well. Um, I, I thought there was two points of note about this game um, that didn't look good for Southampton. First of all, uh, the return of Willy Caballero to the Premier League, Billy. Willy Caballero's big debut. I and I said to you during the week, it was either going to be a 10 out of 10 or a 0. I honestly think he is so... I mean, sorry, I know he's 40 and has come out of nowhere, but I mean, when he was actually playing, I really never thought he was very good. He just doesn't look confident at all. Even a couple of years back with City and stuff, since then, he's never just looked comfortable. What a t- certain aspects of goalkeeping, like set pieces, crosses into the box. He's probably a decent shot stopper. He's good on penalties. But that bit in the middle, he's just rubbish at and just complains to the ref about all of it. Yeah, because the problem is his entire career basically was... Uh, do you remember, Bailey, uh, when the Spanish team Malaga had money for like two seasons and yep. got to the Champions League and stuff under Yeah, they had like Pellegrini. Isco and stuff in the team. Yes, so he basically... That is when he was like... Was good basically, and because the manager was Pellegrini uh, at the time, he took him to Man City. One of those Roy King job for the boys. Type yeah, basically, yeah, and uh, but then proceeded to be the Argentina goalkeeper just in 2018 when the World Cup was on, and no other time in his he, career yeah. because of um, it was Romero, the guy at Man United before that. And, yeah, um, just picking the, the best of the substitute goalkeepers at that stage for yes I, I bet they're so happy Emmy Martinez is there now but um, <laughs> the fine one yeah uh, I, I just like I feel like they could have found somebody else to be honest Southampton second issue with the game was um, the, uh, Ralph Hasenhudel completely changed his outfit at halftime. I'm so glad someone else noticed. No, that that is unacceptable. (laughs) That is absolutely unacceptable. But no, what was the score at halftime? It was 2-0 down. I I back Ralph there. I'm superstitious as well. I've done that. But but let's be honest, right? They're they're away from home, which means that he has brought and is wearing full suit or whatever and waistcoat. He's gone to a wedding. Yeah, I just I just don't think he gets the vibe of how you're supposed to dress. Is like what what looks good and what doesn't. I I I get the feeling that other managers have someone to help them with this, and he doesn't. And, <laughs> he's and just, yeah, he's looking at photos and like GQ all week. Yeah, like, how should I do this? Yeah, and like at halftime, he changed into some like hoodie with under a <laughs> jacket thing, and and then I, and then I, it got me thinking. I was like, whenever you play in like the Champions League or whatever. Like, do, do all the managers bring, like, three different outfits? <laughs> and, and whose job is that to make sure that's all there? Yeah, it's weird now where football's gone that there probably is someone at clubs doing that now, to be fair. Tony Pulis probably never had someone doing that <laughs> before. You know, he was pretty consistent, just wearing the trackie at all times. So the baseball cup. And in this game, actually, one place uh, Ralph should go for a bit of advice is to the Arsenal boys. Arsenal releasing yet another retro tracksuit this week. 
Oh, I, uh, I, saw, I saw them come out with it, yeah. They're just becoming a retro sportswear brand that does have a football team that goes out there every <laughs> now and then. And I, I'm, I'm a fan of some of the stuff. I think it looks no, like, really good. No, it, it, it don't, no, like, yeah, I think it's their away because like, it, looks, it looks very good. But, but yeah. you, you should only be able to do that once a season. You can't be doing this every time with Arsenal. Like, this is every No, nah, it can't be week. mid-season. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. It's every other week of this lot. Uh, elsewhere, we'll, we'll head over to... Another weird refereeing decision. Uh, Manchester United at Norwich. I don't know about you, Chris, how you find watching Man United these days. <laughs> With Ralph uh, Ranyak in, I, I'm finding it strange. I don't know if... Like, I sit there feeling dumb watching Man United. I'm <laughs> sitting there like, what am I not getting? I'm sitting there looking at it being like, trying to watch the formation, the way the team moves, going okay, I should be watching something amazing here and learning something, and I'm not. Well, it's not like, it's not like incredibly revolutionary, that 4-2-2-2 thing. Yeah, it's an identity, but I just look at it being like, what am, what am I missing? There's, is there something going on here that my eyes can't see that I'm supposed to be seeing about why this is going to be fantastic? I, I, I mean, I actually think that like, I don't know what you think, but I think Norwich have actually been all right the past couple of games. Nor- Norwich played really well Saturday night, <laughs> like, actually. Like, it, it just kind of shows you, you know, like, like the manager makes such a difference. Mm. You know, like, like, Dean Smith is an actual Premier League manager. The biggest issue Norwich had in this game, and I think they're going to have it for a while, is once they hit the final third, because they've not been in the final third. Their attack is awful. Their attack is awful. There's no rhythm. The guys' passes are always two or three yards in front or two or three yards behind. Yeah. It is brutal going forward. It is not nice to see. The front three this game was Pookie, Sargent, and Placetta on his Premier League debut. I mean... That that's not a front three that stays up. Like they sat a lot of Norwich's signings from the Bundesliga were from the two teams who got relegated from the Bundesliga, <laughs> and I feel like it's kind of showing. Yeah, there's a reason for it. I just watched them. I was like, "Where's because where he played, he was on the can't, can't well. Where's a, yeah, where's a bit of speed or something? You know, what, what are you showing me? Where's your dribbling going here? He just yeah." He was just a guy out in the pitch. He didn't do anything. Yeah. And then Cantwell did come on and he did try a few things. I was like, if you're going to stay up, you need to get Cantwell going. Sergeant's not getting going here. There's chat as well that when um, Farker was still the manager that he got rid of Cantwell's locker. Really? <laughs> like, apparently they had a massive falling out. And I was like, well, that's not going to help you stay up, is it? But yeah, Manchester United get a penalty for a tug on Ronaldo. Uh, we've seen other games, as I bring up earlier, the Mane incident and stuff. That was a decision not given often this weekend. And I think he was kind of pressured into it because it was Ronaldo. But, and like, like, it obviously wasn't enough force to bring someone down. Like, obviously it wasn't. You know, it was just Ronaldo being Ronaldo. Like, Yeah, so United just scraped through by... A Ronaldo penalty uh, that prompted <laughs> Manchester United fans to start saying, Norch, you're only here for Ronaldo, which I thought was rich coming from Manchester United fans after the way that lock got on in August. <laughs> well, indeed. indeed. If you're going to start singing that, start singing that at Old Trafford, the certain sections of the support, you know. <laughs> indeed. Um, and it was, uh, it was uh, apparently he's all right, but uh, Victor Lindelof came off with. Uh, with breathing problems, and I do wonder now, after Man United um, now having a COVID outbreak, whether actually he has COVID. 
to be honest. Well, I think just if anyone wants to learn the truth, <laughs> go to Kean on Matisse's <laughs> tweets on Saturday night. Well, so, as in where people say it, like where they... Matisse was straight on this. <laughs> no, he wasn't, was he? He, he, he didn't hang about one second. Oh, like, oh, no. Vaccine, is he? <laughs> uh, oh, he was saying because of the vaccine. Yeah, Latis was straight on this, being like, Lindelof's been vaccinated. He doesn't know that, obviously. <laughs> right. Like, he's been vaccinated, therefore that's why he's having this issue. There's only there's only the 50 million other people in the UK who have also been vaccinated. Oh, almost any, any opportunity with Latis. Like, <laughs> it's actually quite worrying. Like, the second I saw Lindelof go off with it, I was like, oh, wait a sec, what's he going to say? What, did, did Twitter start doing the rounds of conspiracy theories? <laughs> Yeah, it absolutely did. Oh, my days. The, the, the QAnon boys will have loved that. Uh, one player will kind of... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. The QAnon <laughs> boys. Let's <laughs> settle down here. <laughs> but yeah, one player will single out here. It was David De Gea. I thought he had a cracking... I think he's had a cracking couple of games, actually. No, he's, he's, he's having a great season, yeah. In terms of saves, just... Getting down to them and game set before with the head, just one of the top shot stoppers all around. It's just like you know, he's this is his tenth the tenth year. You know, like where on earth would they have been the past decade without him? Like, and I still can't believe there's not been more of a fuss with like Dean Henderson on the bench. Like, I think that guy needs to just no like a decision here. No, like Dean Henderson's a phenomenal goalkeeper, but like the head's just you can't drop him in the yeah, current form. Yeah, you can't drop the head. That's what I'm saying from a Dean yeah. Henderson perspective. Like, surely in his head, he's just like, right, can I just go play football somewhere? Elsewhere in the Premier League, I don't want to slag this lot off too much. <laughs> Chelsea play them on Thursday night. Uh, but uh, Everton, uh, Rafa Benitez clings on to his job for another week. Discontent rising. Also, apologies to the Arsenal fans who we recorded last Monday night before the game. <laughs> completely, yeah. completely jinxed your lot. So uh, that's what I didn't want to do to Chelsea. I, 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 I just... Is it is it Rafa Benitez? I don't I don't you know like or are they or are they just crap? I think there's that mix of Aaron or just crap. Uh, like because they started off so well, they immediately took the foot off the gas, being like, "Oh, we're gonna be art this season." Refer to the Everton form, are just naturally crap. But no, I mean Rafa's there. No, the Lucas well, going to hop on that. Well, Lucas Digna has um, fallen out with him, so he's not playing now, and he's probably. One of the best players. Yeah, one of the top three players at the club, yeah. Yeah, and then Seamus Coleman absolutely lost the head at the end of the game. I don't know where he saw that. Coleman's lost. I'm watching Coleman yesterday. I was like, that's a guy who's passed it. Well, yeah. I mean, he's been around a long time, to be fair. And a lot of injuries. Through, going through Twitter yesterday, actually, after the game, I was surprised at the reaction from Everton fans about Coleman, who were all kind of on right. the same opinion of... Leighton Baines was like eased out at the right time getting Dinya in whereas they've just not done anything at right back to be like okay we've now got a guy to replace Coleman I mean to be fair to Leighton Baines it was a lot easier to do that when you have a guy who's played for Barcelona PSG and Roma mm. to do to come in yeah you're not going to find that at right back in, in this market well because they had that guy who won the World Cup for France um, Sidibe and he, oh yes, he was at Monaco, wasn't it? The yeah, Champions League semi final year. But he, um, like, he didn't, he didn't stay. So. He wasn't a Premier League player. But yeah. Um, so, but I mean, but I think I think Ben Godfrey's quite good at fullback. So, but they've got that guy. Um, he was on the well, he's on the Bundesliga and Celtic at one time. That guy, John Joe Kenny. 
as well. Yeah, who just because he was just stereotyped in that role, wasn't it? It's like, oh, you're another <laughs> Irish lad, get yourself out there, fella. No, <laughs> well, I think he is English, but yeah, the uh, well, I know, yeah. But a name like John Joe Kenny, I'm not backing that. Well, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, somewhere down the line, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this was another game for me of just Conor Gallagher, propaganda, uh, first goal of. Oh, with an Andre yeah. Ayew assist. Andre, oh, sorry, Jordan Ayew. Oh, no, no, I can't, I can't get that mixed up. Yeah, yeah Jordan Ayew. Hasn't scored in 50 games, yeah. Oh, so he gets a chance every game. You're like, this will be the day, and he doesn't put it away. Even whenever he passed the Gallagher, I thought there's a chance here he's shooting and not scoring. He's got some serious praise, Jordan Ayew, on Match of the Day. Which I didn't. I don't understand. I'm like, Palace has a great relationship have, with Gallagher. Palace have better players who may have an end product I don't it doesn't matter if they do or they don't we all now at this stage know Jordan Ayew doesn't uh, well, it was also good to see big Will Hughes make his debut for Palace Will Hughes had a pretty good game I was very it's one of the few times I've actually watched him play sort of 90 and actually analyse his game really impressed with the guy you can see why years ago he was kind of touted as the next yeah. big thing for England and stuff no he was yeah there was a brief sort of spell where you thought Everton might come back to this after a Rondon goal, but for sort of 20 minutes after that Rondon goal, the game started to spill over. I thought ref lost control of this game. This was another game this weekend. Just in terms of the tackles and the abuse the ref was taking, the Curry got, uh, he was booked for dissent and kept going, and I was amazed. Let me just see who the ref was. Andy Madley, I was stunned that he didn't, like go power trip the way John Moss did and send them off <laughs> yeah and there was a lot of that just a lot of bitey tackles which then resulted in that moment where a center like, I didn't realize that yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't really see that that all happen yeah. it, the whole vibe of the game I was like yeah this ref just needs to blow this whistle up because this is boiling over and the tackle led to that Coleman free kick where he just takes yeah. it quick having watched the City game he's going right I'm going to boot this off this guy because he's going to now get booked for standing in my way doesn't ball falls to Conor Gallagher who hits a once in a 38 game like he'll not do that the rest of the season at all <laughs> yeah he certainly certainly tries them yeah no it, it, it was he's a, he's a great player yeah big fan of him I can't wait till he's back in blue in the mud this week which I'm I'm giving the cup competitions because there's been a lot of cup competitions over the past week and actually in the past few hours I love cup competitions at the minute it's so fun but yeah Leicester as we know <laughs> Gary Lineker's not presenting BT Sport coverage this season for European competition. <laughs> I forgot about Europe. that. I forgot about that. Well, unfortunately for Gary, <laughs> this week, Leicester were dumped out of the Europa League after a 3-2 loss to Napoli away from home, getting themselves dropped into the Conference League, which Brendan Rodgers, in an interview after the game, says, I don't know what that is. <laughs> now, no, no, hang on. Is that a direct quote? I'm paraphrasing, but he in the phrase he does say, "I don't know what that is." <laughs> the, those words are used. Oh uh, dear! In one way or another. So unfortunately for Leicester, they're, they're going to miss out on a big glamour tie, potentially with FC Barcelona, oh who after another embarrassing Champions League game dropped the third in their group, and are now going to play Napoli after getting <laughs> drawn with them today. They li- they literally couldn't have got a worse draw. I, it was so funny to me how Koeman was sacked for not getting any results out of Barca and just the, the style of football and everything. Xavi's come in and there's been no difference. I mean, I mean, honestly, like you see that league, Billy, really? 
Like Real Madrid are winning that league with, I, I think, Real Sociedad are one of the main kind of content- Real Betis mm. are some of the main contenders at the minute because it's just such low quality. It just shows you how the mighty have fallen at Barca. Like, um, just to say, Rayo Vallecano are currently above Barcelona. Um, we're halfway through the season. Look, well, so was the thing we we were saying midweek there. Whenever Barca got dropped out of the Champions League and they came in the Europa League, and we're like, West Ham can genuinely smack Barcelona. I, like Bailey, you have no no idea how much I would love that if and, we drew Barcelona in the next you know round. I'm like with certain teams and after the way West Ham beat Chelsea the other week people can understand I don't want to back West Ham but I'd love to see West Ham smack Barcelona you, you, you cannot I, tell me like completely objectively that West Ham would not be favourites in that match 100% like, I'd put all my money on honestly like Mikel Antonio versus Clement Longley who thinks it's funny to lose to Bayern Munich and go out of the Champions League for the first time in 20 years exactly Declan Rice against a bunch of children in midfield <laughs> <laughs> yeah be mental, but but the unfortunate thing is, from the draw today, I don't think West Ham are going to get the opportunity to play them. Well, indeed, I don't see Barca beating Napoli here, and West Ham get a bye in this round. So don't play anyone. Yep. Although to be fair, I'm looking forward to um, Erding Holland come to Glasgow. Honestly, can't wait to see how that ends up. Just <laughs> Connor Goldson versus Holland, like yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be some some fun. Uh, elsewhere on Thursday night, Spurs didn't play Brighton at the weekend. COVID <laughs> outbreak. Couldn't play their Europa League tie. Which, or sorry, their Conference League tie. Which y- yes, make sure, you, sorry, make sure you get that right, Billy. Yeah, it's their Conference League tie, uh, which caused a bit of fuss with Vitesse Arnhem, who, because of the <laughs> rules of UEFA rules, to avoid an advantage of one play, team playing later than the other, all those games on the final sort of match day yeah, have no, to go on yeah, at the same time. Yeah, it has to be jeopardy. Yeah. So Vitesse have now played their game, have however many points they have. So Spurs can now see exactly what result they need. Yes. In their game. And what's funny is UEFA haven't even decided what they're doing with it because yep. UEFA don't care about this competition. Yeah, yeah, even though they're literally the only reason why we're even having it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like they just wanted more football and they've now decided. Oh, we have a problem. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have a slight problem here. Uh, We'll just put it to one side and people will forget. Mm. I think they're just hoping Tottenham don't want to play in it. Yes, I think they're hoping Tottenham will fold. Yeah. And I I don't know what way it's going to go. That could be another. They could be second in line at the Court of Arbitration for Sport. (laughs) After after Toto Wolf. Yeah, after Neil Conte and Toto Wolf standing in line together. (laughs) What brings you here? So we'll see where that ends up with oh, UEFA in the Conference League and then the major drama this morning of yeah. the Champions League draw. How, how, where... how can you get this wrong, Billy? They blame the software. No, I don't the, software. Yeah, they blame the software? Why do you need like, software for this? That's why I didn't get it. It was like, really, just who there's, can we blame? There's 16 teams. And not even 16. By the time they had those teams ready to get drawn out, there was about eight. Oh, sorry, eight matches. Yeah. Yeah, they only had... I can't even remember what state. It was about halfway through the draw, so you're not even talking all the balls had to be involved. And they just forgot to put Manchester United in one of them. Like, come on. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I mean t- to be fair, I thought the fuss was very much overstated. I mean, like, does it really matter that much? Like, it's going to be a good team, Barlil, who you I get. Think, no, I think it was uh, <laughs> because Atletico Madrid got Bayern. They were like, oh yeah, 
any excuse for that again. <laughs> Simeone would have been third in the queue of the Court of Arbitration for Sport. <laughs> exactly. He's not turning up to the Alliance Arena going, right, we're just going to get smacked here. He's like, no, 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 let's do this again. Let me let me double dip here. In, in fact, Simeone would have arrived at the Court of Arbitration for Sport and would have said to Conte, get out of the way. We're more important. <laughs> I would have loved that argument. That Those are just three emotional men of Conte, Simeone and Toto Wolf. Christian Horner just appears with his drive to survive um, documentary crew and start to, to, to say, Diego. <laughs> no, he'd go around shaking hands like he's the bigger man again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yes, that honestly growing my gears so much. Yeah, don't, don't start me on that. But yeah, so the Champions League draws for and it was that amazing moment of after the draw where everyone gets, you know, you get to see who you're playing. As a Chelsea fan, I see Lille, and I'm thinking if the other teams could have played better relief, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of shaping your fist going, yes, we've got away with one there, and then an hour later you're told this is happening all over again this afternoon. Yeah. And then watching again this afternoon, they get the Chelsea and the two, t- it comes up again on the screen, what, what two balls have to go in to the pot. Which I'm not sure about in terms of fairness, because Andre Orshavin, whenever those balls are popped in, there's no like he can tell who's who, hundred percent. There's no way the guy goes, okay, Real Madrid's gonna go in here and Lille are gonna go in here. That Andre Orshavin's not stood there going, okay, there's Lille, there's Real Madrid. You know he's not shaking that up properly, in my opinion. No, I actually felt slightly bad for Orshavin because I think this was like is like PR return, wasn't it? Like to it's football, fir- yeah. It's the first time I've seen him really in public. I think at one stage I had him on a podcast promo picture holding <laughs> some crabs in the middle of some mountains. It's the first time I've seen him since he scored like four goals against Liverpool. Remember that game? Just want to, yeah, just really fit in the background type uh, of dude, didn't he? I, I, he also reminded us all in, his, in like whatever publicity he did today that oh yeah, um, I I scored a goal against Barcelona when they were the best team to ever play football. Had to get that one in. My favorite moment of the day, though, was after the draw. There was a mental five minutes where the draw, the second draw, being completed, and then Michael Owen, of all people, thinks he spots an error. Michael on the coverage just goes, "Why weren't Villarreal in the same pot as Liverpool or whatever?" What is that? Was that what started? Well, so this was the second time round of obviously they had the issues first time. Oh, the, oh, right, yeah. One, but second time round, Michael thought he knows Villarreal weren't. In a place oh, that they should have been. That, that great investigative journalist that is Michael Owen. Yeah, Michael Owen sat there going, I can't believe that. Like, what's the reason for that? Let's get the, <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing this again? And for five minutes, we're all thinking, oh no. Oh, surely. And in my head, I'm going, we're not getting laid three times. Yeah. <laughs> I I, is Michael Owen really correct here? But well, fortunately, yeah. uh, the way it worked, Villarreal, I think we're in a group with someone else and, and also another team of Spanish. So couldn't be in, so you got it right second time. Well, if they wouldn't put in so many flipping like permutations like that, then there wouldn't be so much faff. I think the way to, to settle it is just have, say, the top 20 teams Wait, so, so... around Europe all in one big table <laughs> and just have them play each other throughout. You but know? Also, and hang on a second. Sorry, why is there a rule where they can't be from the same country? What does that matter? I think it's just initially in the first round they don't want that. That, that, is, that. that is their own complicated. There is no reason for that to be the case whatsoever. I think it's them doing it. So I reckon sort of England, Spain, Germany have been in the air being like, are oh, we four teams? Especially England. England will be like, are oh, we four teams could all 
well, three of them could realistically win it. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. don't want any of them knocking each other out at this stage. What, what, I, what I want to have seen from today was, you know, what was kind of like the, the grunts of UEFA, like the guys who are kind of like, you know, entry-level jobs who are having to kind of deal with that behind the scenes. Like, <laughs> like what, what are the implications of this for, for stocks and shares and things? Yeah, what placement students just got to tune after this, being like, you've made Andre or Chauvin look a mug on <laughs> international television. Yeah. yeah. The Microsoft Teams message that's gone around immediately after, being like, okay, no one mentioned there was a mess up and we'll just get away with it. And then yeah. the email comes in from Atletico Madrid being like, you better redo this. You did have that nice buffer, I suppose, of they did have the Europa League draw and then the Conference League draws where it was just like, okay, let them take centre stage for a bit and we'll <laughs> run about in the background and sort it out. Yes. And um, if Michael yeah. Owen had have taken this down and Chelsea had have got Real Madrid instead of Leila was hunting them down. Uh, yeah, and uh, there was there was another big football event over the weekend, Bailey, which was the MLS final. Um, oh, yeah, this is a big in the mud for com- cup competitions. Yeah, they, so, the, the, so the MLS, it's quite, quite good the way they do it, where the um, the team that wins the MLS, like it's like a cup final, essentially. Mm. Um, so it is very American. Um, the Super Bowl. No, I yes. No, I, I want to get your thoughts on this, Bailey. Right, Ron, Ronnie Dyla. So we'll we'll get to what, why we're bringing this up in a second. But Ronnie Dyla, who in New York City, who are the team owned by Manchester City, uh, won the MLS. He has now won league titles in three countries, which oh. that was with Valerenga in Norway and with Celtic in Scotland. What year do you want up with Celtic? Because I'm uh, going to say it doesn't count. 2015, I think. Uh, you, well, it you know, twice. Count. Yeah, it, it was no. basically Rangers were not there. Yeah, um, they a bad year. So, uh, so would you say that's impressive that he has won three league titles in three different countries? I think fair enough to him. I mean, I mean, three league titles, three different places. I'll give it to him. I don't know. It's not exactly the most glamorous league titles. But anyway, um, and also by the way that. New York City team have the most ridiculous facilities. I, I looked it up because of Man City's money. Of course like, they do, yeah. You know, for an MLS side, it is absolutely outrageous the facilities they have. Um, yeah, so so apparently he promised someone, don't know who he promised or if they actually remembered or if he just wanted to do it, that he then stripped down to his boxers on the pitch and started doing press-ups beside the MLS trophy. Should have sacked them on the spot. Absolute disgrace. Now, great dad bod on the guy. <laughs> but, um, I mean, what's that about, Bailey? Com- completely unacceptable. Like, no the MLS. does that. Yeah, exactly. You're winning the MLS Cup <laughs> and you're getting on like that. Not a chance. Yeah. See if you come to Europe and start with that. Nah, you're right. <laughs> He says to the European. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you come back over here. <laughs> no, I, I saw, the, saw the footage and was just like, no. That's that's unacceptable. <laughs> if you know Pep Guardiola's not doing that, have some standards. Yeah, I mean, um, I can't see him doing that at Celtic Park. No, exactly. Well, it's too cold up there. He'd have things even thrown in, at him. Yeah, even in May, whenever you went up there, it's probably too Baltic to do that. Yeah. So there's, and then the, the other cup competition I want to bring up, Chris. It's in the mud. Is the oldest in the world, the FA Cup. Sack. So, yeah, but whenever the FA Cup is mentioned, Chris, what, what are things that come to mind for you? Oh, it's the oh, it's the the the, the giant kings, fairy tale stories of lower league teams beating it's, the big it's, boys. It, it's the magic of the FA Cup, isn't it? That's that's the, yeah. what we get spoon fed every year. Uh, but what's happened with the FA Cup is that the TV games have been announced for the FA Cup, 
And to be fair, there's some decent, you know, giant killing potential games in here. Or sort of Milk Mill Mil- Palace. I think they've only put that on to stop everyone fighting. Uh, sorry, Millwall who? Millwall versus Palace around one o'clock on oh, Saturday. Brilliant. I think I think brilliant. that was just a, the Met Police have told them have that all at that time. <laughs> but what I found interesting is Chelsea are playing non-league Chesterfield in the next round of the FA Cup. Yeah. If there's ever potential for a giant killing or mismatch, you're going European champions versus non-league club. So, of course, uh, the FA, the BBC, ITV, whoever's presenting this, have decided on the Sunday that one of their games is going to be West Ham versus Leeds United on the 9th of January. Big game. Big game. Fair enough. Whatever. Two Premier League teams going at it. My issue here is you're not going to shoot Chelsea Chesterfield, but you're going to shoot that when one week later, at the same time, (laughs) Sky Sports are going to show West Ham against Leeds in the Premier League. At the same time. (laughs) <laughs> on the Monday night, Man United play Villa. That's uh, going to happen in the Premier League. I just couldn't get over that 2 o'clock on two consecutive Sundays we're going to be subjected to Leeds United going to yeah, the that, Stadium. That, yeah, that, that is a joke, to be fair. Complete. Whoever's here, picking those, that's just the easiest marketing opportunity ever of just Chesterfield come to Chelsea. Yeah, because we've got that weird thing where... Bielsa and yeah. Going to the London Stadium. Because it's like BT Sport and BBC share the rights to it or something, isn't it? The, just something like that. Absolutely. It's like between two massive organisations, someone should have gone, hang on a second, Sky Sports are going to shoot that exact match one yeah. week later. And not the exact match, because there's no way West Ham and Leeds are going to put out full-strength squads in the third or fourth round of the FA Cup. No, the, the crash will be out for Leeds. Well, exactly. It'll be the Leeds bench from the weekend there after the rest of the boys get run into the ground over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. But yeah, that wraps me up, Chris. Is there any final thoughts from you? Before we uh, uh, no. Well, we've just had some breaking news as we've been speaking oh. that uh, 42 players and staff have tested positive for COVID, which is the most in the Premier League, which is the most since January 2021. Um, but uh should say that that was only 1.7% of all the people tested, but it's still quite a lot. Yeah, this festive period of games is going to be a shambles. Tottenham have already cancelled games. United don't know if they're going to Brentford tomorrow night. I mean, I mean, I mean let's be honest. Let's think about the fancy footballers for a minute. You know, come on, cut them some slack. Can't be having people exactly. unavailable. It's, or, it's already a shambles trying to... S- Trying to sort out a team for the weekend and trying to sort out for our Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Aye, come on, sleep. come on. Absolutely desperate. But yeah, we can only, you know, you can only hope and keep your fingers crossed that the guys in your teams aren't catching anything or posting positive tests. Because... Well, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, and I'll just, you know, just kind of gently say again that I think there's something like there's not even 80% of the Premier League players vaccinated. Um, come on, lads. Yeah, a lot of these need to wise up because in January you're supposed to get your Christmas break and the way it's going, you're not getting them. <laughs> Especially Tottenham Hotspur. Spurs are missing serious amount of fixtures right now. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see how they do that. We'll see which one strategically pick. Yeah. Do what Man City did. But yeah, that wraps us up for another week. Uh, this will be a just perfect time before the midweek slate of games, so everything we've just said will be immediately wrong. Uh, I think will be for like the next three weeks, the way the games go. Null and void. Michael Massey up. <laughs> 
I love that just Massey's become a household name in one, <laughs> like because of one incident. L- less than 24 hours later. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Well, Chris, thank you as always, and we'll see everyone next week. <laughs>